Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Joshua chapter uh, six. Here's verse 26. At that time, Joshua imposed this curse. The man who undertakes the rebuilding of this city, Jericho, is cursed before the Lord. He will lay its foundation at the cost of his firstborn. He will finish its gates at the cost of his youngest. And the Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout the land. Wow. So, man, things got real intense real fast. But the purpose of this is to keep anybody from ever rebuilding Jericho, this city that was marked for destruction by God because of the rampant sin that was there. God has poured out his wrath upon this city. They have burned the city. God has also provided deliverance and mercy and grace and rescue from his own wrath for those within the city who would turn from false gods, worship the one true God. That happens to be only the family of Rahab, the prostitute, but we can't call her that anymore. Now she's a part of the, the family of God. She's walking in repentance. She's a part of the hall of faith. She, she is part of the genealogy of, of Jesus. This curse was to now completely eradicate the city of Jericho, making it impossible for anybody to go back and repeat the idolatry. Now, later on in the biblical narrative, other peoples would come and would occupy the particular plot of ground that once housed Jericho, right? You'll, you'll see that. Uh, Hael will kind of rebuild Jericho, and he, he actually experiences this curse in 1 Kings 16, uh, verse 34. So uh, other people would come and they would try, but exactly what Joshua just prophesied here uh, in verses 26 and 27, uh, particularly verse 26, would come true. And the whole point of this curse was to keep people from doing what Hael did. Other people would come and try to settle in the land, but the city of Jericho itself ought not be rebuilt. Uh, this is, I can speak from experience having lost a child. This is, this is a heavy, heavy curse. Now, this final verse, and the Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout the land. Uh, it's not Joshua's tactics. Okay, all the tactics came from God. Joshua is just obedient. The Lord was with him. The Lord's with Joshua, and Joshua's obeying God. And as a, as a symptom of this, his fame spreads throughout the land. Now, I'm going to point out something as well that was in the, the curriculum for, uh, I believe, his last week. Uh, this, this was in, in Joshua chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. Joshua is doing his thing, going around, telling the people of God exactly what God told him to say. And then there's a response here that... I'm going to say is miraculous. They, meaning the, the people of Israel, answered Joshua, everything you have commanded us, we will do. And everywhere you send us, we will go. We will obey you just as we obeyed Moses in everything. Wow. This is a committed group, man. Certainly the Lord your God will be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your order and does not obey your words and all that you command him will be put to death. Wow. That was actually never prescribed, but this is how on board these people are. Above all, be strong and courageous. Now, uh, as we continue through the text, this aspect that I've just highlighted, if you're watching on video at allies.network, uh, they're going to enact it. The will be put to death part, it's, it's going to happen. They're actually going to follow through on this. And here's one more reminder. Above all, be strong and courageous. I have been in... 
leadership for a little bit of time now, a decent amount of time in an ex officio sense, uh, in a ministerial sense, in a familial context, and in, in numerous capacities. And I'm, I'm going to go out and say that I think this is a miracle because everybody is on board. I mean, they are completely on board. Look at the words of these people. Everything you have commanded us, we will do. And everywhere you send us, we will go. We will obey you just as we obeyed Moses in everything. Okay. Now, for the record, Israel didn't really obey Moses in everything, but this is the, this is the commitment that they are making. They're going to do everything that Joshua has told them to do. Now, uh, when we went through the curriculum in, in my small group that meets in my house with this, this very same passage, <laughs> not only do I write this stuff, I'm a customer too. I use it too. I buy my own books. <laughs> the, uh, the, the group kind of arrived at this idea that these people had just seen their older siblings spanked and they've just told mom and dad, I'm going to do whatever you say. <laughs> and I think that this is a miracle of God that an entire nation would be a hundred percent on board following their leader. I think that also lends itself to the fame here. It's not until somebody disobeys that they begin to experience setbacks. They're going to have their first 36 casualties upon disobedience uh, before God. But this fame of Joshua that spreads throughout the land, uh, it's not only because of Joshua's obedience, it's, the bottom line is that the text says the Lord was with Joshua. And it's also, I think, in part because the people of God are on board and there's no sin in the camp yet. All right, what did we see in this warning uh, to the people? Part of the reason that Joshua was pronouncing this curse upon Jericho, uh, look, if you take any of the set-apart articles, set-apart in a bad way, it's going to affect you, it's going to affect the whole camp. Nobody has done that in Jericho. The next conquest, the next city, things aren't going to go quite as planned. But for now, not only is Joshua doing everything that God said, the people of God are doing everything that Joshua said. And I think this is a miracle of God. I think it's also quite a natural response when you've seen what happens when the people of God have been miraculously delivered over and over again, and then they, then they disobey. Man, you don't get the promised land as a result. And so they're going to obey Joshua in everything. Joshua's fame is not of Joshua's own making. Okay, he didn't build a brand. He didn't hire a PR consultant. He didn't he didn't uh, pay for a professionally produced LinkedIn page. He just obeyed God and everybody was on board with him and there's no sin in the camp yet. Now, I wanna talk briefly as we close about the practice of burning the city that you've just conquered, where you are making no way for the people of God to go back into sin. All right, this is uh, Jude, the second to last book of the Bible. It's one chapter. That's why it just says Jude 20 through 23. But you, dear friends, as you build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting expectantly for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Have mercy on those who waver. Wow, we need a reminder of this today, especially in modern Christian culture, where we drag people who fall through the mud. We need to have mercy. For our lack of mercy on people who stumble, we will not be shown mercy. Instead, let's, let's Jude 22 it. Have mercy on those who waver. Notice it says waver. That means that they, they wavered. They, they got back up again. Save others by snatching them from the fire. Have mercy on others, but with fear hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Uh, 
set aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the lamb. When the seeker sensitive movement kind of swept churches nationwide, uh, the advice was don't sing about the blood. And that, that hymn in particular went out of fashion and was called out. It was named, you know, by some prominent influential seeker sensitive pastors. They, they quoted those lyrics, be washed in the blood of the lamb. And I get it. If you're not a church kid, you're like, who is this lamb? When does this happen? My friend who invited me to this church did not tell me how weird it was. Please don't ask me to get into a bathtub full of lamb's blood, man. But here's the thing. People aren't stupid. You know, they know that's not what's happening. Like they, they were using the most fatuous example they could think of. And it indicates that they're not talking about the blood by which the atonement is afforded. They're not referring to Jesus the way that John the Baptist did, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And to be washed of sin means that you're currently dirty with sin. You need to be washed. And so that hymn fell out of fashion uh, in the secret era, but it was a quote of Scripture. And it was referring to, to Jude right here. Joshua and the Israelites burned Jericho. The one who was repentant from sin uh, even would hate the garments that he was wearing at the time that he fell. It's a call, an exhortation and a benediction as the CSB subtitles this text. This is not inspired. This is just added for reference and, and help. But in this closing, these closing words of, uh, of, of Jude as we come to the end of the chapter, it's this expectation that you have mercy on somebody who has stumbled, but you, you watch yourself, that you don't fall into the same thing, all right? That you would have mercy on others, but with fear, and that you would even count the garment defiled by the flesh, you know, as, uh, as something worthy of hatred. So when you get out of Jericho, when God's given you victory, man, don't just slam the door to sin, burn the house down. Okay. Do not, do not give the enemy a foothold. Don't let the sins of Jericho come back to haunt you, burn the place down. Okay. If, if you like me have a, have a, a, a past with, with alcohol, it may be that the Holy Spirit is convicting you to just stay away from it completely and abide by that. Okay. Burn Jericho down. Don't give away for it to come back in. Uh, if you struggle with pornography, for example, I mean, God may be calling you to just downgrade to a dumb phone or put accountability measures in place somehow. You know, it could be that you're, you're going to go, yeah, you're, you're going to go uh, full, full keto, not in the dietary sense, but like you're going to, you're going to go down, you're going to downgrade your own tech arsenal to that of a caveman because like, I just don't want access to this. Um, if you have noticed that certain relationships are influencing you and you're not the influencer in that circle of friends, man, it may be that you gotta, you gotta cut ties with some relationships. Okay. Because if all it does is causes you to stumble again and again and again, you got to burn Jericho down. Okay. To the glory of God. Maybe one day as you walk in security of repentance with accountability, you can go back and you can minister, but man, whatever it is, whatever it is, something that causes you to sin, Jesus said, cut it off and throw it away. If, you're, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. That's that shocking, drastic language because we as Christians, Romans 7 says, we're always going to be tormented until we're glorified in heaven above with the sin nature that is imprinted in the very DNA of the bodies we currently occupy. Like you're going to have to take drastic measures to repent from sin. And it will be painful at times, but you've got to burn Jericho down. Are you willing? 
Is holiness important to you? No one has ever regretted the sacrifice made in the name of holiness and obedience to God. Burn Jericho down.